Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 198 for the 9th of Sivan in a leap year. So many of you might be familiar with the movie The Matrix. I know that uh, this movie was introduced to me because it is... So it somehow became, I mean, it's a, it's a really famous movie to begin with, but then somehow it became associated and connected with Chassidus and a lot of people uh, in the Chabad world started talking about this movie and how it's like so connected to Chassidus and everything. Honestly, I watched the movie. I was underwhelmed. Maybe um, I, my expectations were too high and I found a lot of contradictions actually to Chassidus at large. But the reason why I did want to bring up the movie today is that I think that there is one level at which we could say that there is a parallel, which is in this fundamental idea that reality is not what it seems and that underpinning all of our reality as we know it is actually this kind of code, a kind of matrix, so so to speak. But unlike what the matrix that is shown in the movie, which I watched it a long time ago, so I don't actually remember all the details of it. The matrix, according to Judaism, according to Hasidus, anyhow, especially Chabad Hasidus, as as explained by the Alter Rebbe, are letters. It's so the world that we're living in, really at its fundamental level, is made up of nothing other than Hebrew letters. And what we'll learn about today is that these letters are the letters of God's speech. So this is a concept which we had brought up before, and today we're going to elaborate upon it a little bit more. And this is going to be a recurring theme in this new book that we've been, we just began pretty recently, the book Shara HaYuchad Ramuna, The Gate of Unity and Faith. And as mentioned, the the theme of this book is really different than the the first book that we learned. So the first book we learned, Likutel Marm, really focused on man, on humanity, on the Jew, on the fundamental makeup of our souls. And in line with that, understanding who we are and understanding what our relationship is with God in that way. In this book, the Shari Chudva it's really more about understanding God and more about understanding creation and more about understanding the world around us. And that is the gateway that is going to allow us to get close to God in that way. So today we are going to be finishing chapter two of this book. And yesterday we began this topic of the idea of God's creation. And we talked about how it is that this idea of ex nihilo, this idea of creation, something from nothing, what is so unique about it is that first of all, it's something which only God is capable of. So we talked about the idea that philosophers tend to make this error when they start to question or doubt 
the existence of God or miracles that we read about in the Bible and things like that is that they fail to recognize a very basic fact, which is that the way that God creates is not the way that humans create. So that's number one. So it's like when humans create, even the most innovative scientists in the world, while they might be able to create some really imaginative things, no matter what they're doing, it's always going to be something from something. So even like, you know, scientists nowadays have figured out how to create life, like in a, in a lab, you know, and we see even like with, we can create babies now in an artificial kind of way with IVF. So it really is very amazing technology. But at the end of the day, no matter how amazing this technology is, they're always working with raw materials. They're always working with something. The only being that can create something from nothing, from absolutely nothing, is God. Now, the second thing that's really amazing to recognize about God is that this concept of ex nihilo was not just a one-time event. So people talk about the Big Bang, how the world was created through a Big Bang. So while there are some parallels to that in terms of Torah literature, if you get into it, one fundamental difference in terms of Hasidus with that is that the Big Bang is thought of as being a one-time event that happened many, many years ago, and that's it. And now we here we have our world. And what we'll, we'll learn about in Tanya is that this at creation ex nihilo, this Big Bang was not just a one-time event. It's actually something that's happening perpetually and continuously at all times. And if God were to cease even for a moment to stop this process of creation, the entire world would revert to not and nothingness as if it never existed at all. So it's really... And what this process of creation is, bringing it back to the matrix and how this happens, is through the letters of speech, through the letters of God's speech. So today we're going to learn about a little bit about that and what that means and how what might seem obvious that God's speech is not like human speech, but it's actually something a little bit different. Uh, it's And we'll We'll try to understand to the best of our ability what that means a little bit today. It does get deeper into it in the Tanya further on, but today's going to give us a little bit of an insight into that. So let's get straight into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe breaks this down for us. So again, we're in the middle of chapter two. We're going to conclude chapter two today. So for context, yesterday we were talking about this very famous miracle, the splitting of the Red Sea. And how indeed this was a really amazing miracle. And what happened there is that you had the nature of, you had water whose nature is to flow downwards. And in that moment of the splitting of the Red Sea, God actually changed the nature of water so that it behaved like a stone. So it, it went up like a wall and it became like the nature was to stand upright. So that's a really amazing thing. And we talked about how at that time, God was so present in that miracle that he needed to constantly be there and constantly be attending to this water to make sure that it, its nature was not, that it was not, that it was going against its nature, that it wouldn't revert back to its nature. So if God were to, so to speak, like kind of like look away for a moment kind of thing, then the water would go back to just descending downwards and revert back to its natural nature. So God really had to be there very actively and uh, and very much involved in that miracle in order for it to happen. So now today, the Ultra Rebbe takes this logic and he says, so if this is true in terms of just changing the nature of the water, that God had to be so present in this, all the more so can we say that this is the true, this is true when we talk about the creation of ex nihilo, which is even way above nature and it's an even greater miracle than the splitting of the Red Sea. So 
we talked about this yesterday, right? That it's like, we think of the splitting of the Red Sea as such an amazing miracle because it's like where the nature of water was fundamentally changed and uh, and it started acting in a totally different way that was against its nature. But then the question comes up as to who created the nature of water to begin with? Who created the water to begin with? That's God. And so the actual creation of this water to begin with, something from nothing, is way more miraculous than just changing the nature of that thing which has been created. So now the altar says here that just like when it came to that water, that God had to constantly be changing that nature so that it would stand upright like a wall and not f- flow downwards like water usually does. So to here, when it comes to the creation ex nihilo and actually creating the water, God has to constantly be involved. And if he were to take away his power out of creation, God forbid, then the creation would revert to not in nothingness. So thus we need, and so thus we need there to be this constant, it's a very active process of creation in order to keep everything alive, in order to vivify life and to keep it in existence. So it's like when we think about ex nihilo, like I mentioned in the introduction, it wasn't just a one-time Big Bang event. This is something that's happening happening continuously and perpetually at all times. And now what is this continuous and perpetual creation that's happening? So the altar says this, this is the aspects of the letters of speech that come from the 10 utterances through which the world was created. So again, just a little review of what we talk, mentioned this previously, is that God we see in the creation of the world as as uh, told in Genesis in the Bible, it doesn't talk it doesn't say God made light, God made the land, God made the flowers and all that stuff. It's it talks about how God brought everything into existence through his speech. It says, and God said, let there be life. And then there was light, (laughs) and then there was light. Or he said, God said, let there be a firmament that divides between the higher, lower, higher waters and the lower waters. And then it was such, so, and so on. So we see that, that the process of creation happens by virtue of speech. And then now here, the altar quotes a verse from Nehemiah chapter nine, verse six, where it says, ve'atat mechaye et kulam, which literally means, and you vivify them all, but he's going to give an even deeper understanding as to what this means. He says, first of all, that when we say, you vivify them all, he says, don't read vivify, but rather read to bring into existence. Meaning to say that it's not just that God is giving life to everything, but he's actually bringing them into existence. And this is written in a present format. It doesn't say, and you brought them into existence or you vivified them. It says, you are vivifying them. You are bringing them into existence. And then he takes it even one step further. If we look at the Hebrew for this, where it says, you give bring them into existence or vivify them. The word you in Hebrew is made up of three letters. It's made up of the letters Aleph, Taf, and He. And so what this means is that when we say, and you vivify them, we think on a simplistic level, on a more superficial level, we're saying you, meaning God, you vivify them. But if we actually look at this like really specifically in terms of the word, we see that these three letters are very significant because Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Taf is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And He is an interesting letter because it it's the He is, is, has a numerical value of five and it's an allusion to the five 
organs of verbal articulation. So we'll learn more about what those are later on uh, in brief, just if you want to know what they are. It's the larynx, the palate, the tongue, the teeth, and the lips. So this is like what the, the five organs of speech that we use in order to vocalize. And so basically, so it's like, again, so if we look at ata mechayet kulam, you give life to all of them or you bring them into existence, it's it's not just saying you, meaning just God. I mean, it is saying that it's God, but it's it's saying something much deeper than that. It's saying that these letters of speech bring the world into existence. And so it's the letters Aleph, which is the first letter, letter Taf, which is the last letter. So it's like, sort of like alluding to like all the letters of the alphabet. And then to this idea of speech, this idea of the hey mototape, the, the five uh, organs of verbal articulation. And then the ultra rabbi goes on and he says that even though the God doesn't have a body, so it's like, what does this mean when we say God speaks, God's verbal articulation, God's letters of speech? How can we understand this? Because we say God d- doesn't actually have a body, but yet we see in scripture, it often says, that God spoke or God said. So it must mean that there's some way that God does speech. So what does this mean? When we say these things, when we say, and God spoke to Moses or God spoke to Yeshayahu or any of the other prophets, what are we, what do we mean by this? So what we mean is that how the altar explains it is that this was a revelation of the 22 letters, the 22 supernal level letters to the Navim. And they, these supernal letters became subsequently vested within their mind and within their understanding in the way that they experienced and they perceived their prophecy. So basically, it's like when we talk about this idea, when we think about prophecy in general and God speaking to the prophets, it's like, what what is that like? It's hard for us to relate to that because we know that God is not a person. So it's, when we picture two people talking to each other, we're like, okay, it wasn't we understand that it wasn't quite like that. And so what, what the altar is teaching us is that what, that what this means when we say that God spoke to the prophets, what this means is that his 22 letters of speech became revealed in their minds. And not only did it become revealed in their minds, but also in their thoughts and in their speech. And this is why we see that the way the prophets, the whole idea of being a prophet is that they spoke like the spirit of God spoke through them. And so here the altar brings a verse to kind of back this up. And this is from Shmuel Bet, chapter 23, verse 2, where it says, where it says, the spirit of God spoke through me and his word was upon my tongue. So this is what we see is that this, the prophets, when they spoke their prophecy, they were not speaking their own words. It was like God's speech, which is again, these 22 letters were revealed through them and became manifest through their speech. And uh, and then the altar of says that in the Shar Hanavua of the, of the Arizal, he explains this also. And so just like how the um, the letters of speech became enclosed within, invested within the prophets, says the Altar Rebbe, these letters of speech also become became vested and are vested in all of the different types of creatures, all of creation. And to, to back this up, he quotes a verse from Tehillim, chapter 33, verse 6, where it says, <speaking in Hebrew> which literally means by the word of God were the heavens made and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. So again, this idea that like creation is really intertwined, interconnected with speech. There's something about speech that speech is the vehicle by which God creates the world. And so now what 
now the thing is how this happens in turn and this is how it's different than than the Navim. So the altar is gonna say, okay, so what's what's the difference between how these letters become revealed for the prophets for the Navim versus how they become revealed for the for creation is that in the process of creation and the process of the letters becoming revealed in creation this is through many many degradations many like he it's called so many um descents um like a chain-like reactionary event kind of thing into until it became until it came down here into asia into physical the physical world of asia which if you've been following along this podcast you know that's like the lowest of all the worlds which is not the case in terms of the understanding of the of the navim which the understanding of navim was in itsilus which is the highest level the highest of all worlds which became enclosed in the world of bria which is the second to highest of all worlds so that's a little bit of a technical note to be ending on but the bottom line is that the prophets were receiving their prophecy in a revealed state that was like slightly more uh, in this from this higher place kind of thing. And when we receive the letters down here in terms of how the world is created, it goes down through a little bit more of a descent, a little bit more of a contractionary kind of thing. And so this is kind of like just like a little teaser, a little taste of what's further to come in this in this safer. We're, we're going to really delve into these ideas a lot more. So stay tuned. But the bottom line, just to, the takeaway to take away from today is that this yes there's some kind of matrix that's that our world is made up of but it's not the matrix like in the movie the matrix but it's in fact hebrew letters and it's the hebrew letters that stem from the 10 utterances of of god that come from his speech and so we'll get into and and this is something that was not just a one-time event it wasn't like god created the world and then he went away this is something that's happening continuously at all time he's constantly speaking the world into existence and this is this is our existence and so we will continue along these lines tomorrow and get deeper into understanding these ideas so stay tuned stay with it and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamina Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.